0: You're listening to The Calling. Just as a reminder, you can catch every episode on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Pods, and others. Simply search The Calling. If you're having difficulty locating us on your app of choice, send an email to the underscore calling at hotmail.com and we can send the link directly to you. Last week, we started James chapter 2 and we reviewed the importance of remaining impartial as Christians. As we continue and finish up chapter 2 this week, we're going to start to address the argument of good deeds as it relates to our faith. And if you've been walking with us the last several weeks, we've reviewed and confirmed that our faith in Jesus is what saves us. It's a free gift of receiving salvation that comes through having an unwavering faith in Christ. James builds on this and begins to share ways in how we develop this. And one way is to act on our faith and demonstrate we have faith through our actions. And even goes as far as to say, faith without deeds is dead. We're going to look at some supporting scripture, reference the prophet of Amos. We're going to see what Jesus has to say in in Matthew, John, as well as Revelation. To help us understand what James is explaining to us. My kids are fascinated with stories of my youth. In which I get in trouble. I mean, they really just want to know, Daddy, what what did you do? Apparently, they don't buy that I was a good kid. So, in an attempt to utilize this time effectively and as a learning experience, I share these stories of times I get in trouble, but focus on how to not do what I did. But as I reflect on these past events, I start to realize a common theme. Throughout my young life, I was a real jerk, I've insulted. I've assaulted, and I've been downright rude to others. To make matters worse, to this day, I can still justify what I did, what I said, why I reacted. Now, to clarify, I don't offer these justifications to my children. Now, I hope not as many of us can relate to being a jerk as maybe we've been able to relate in previous weeks, but I'm willing to bet that if you reflected in your life, you can recall at least one time you were not nice, whether it's directly as as far as insulting someone, or maybe even indirectly, like ignoring the situation. We've all experienced that time where the core of Christ was not present. Part of the human condition are the emotions that lead us to actions and reactions, and some of these responses are not always Christ-filled. As we reflect on Christ's new commandment to love one another as the children of God, we are called to help one another, endure the temptation to act harshly, Praise God during the hardships we encounter with other people and put our words into action. Picking up in James chapter 2, we're going to start at verse 14. James writes to us, What good is it, my brothers and sisters, as someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes or daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it not is accompanied by action, is dead. James begins to challenge us and asking if our faith without works saves him, and the answer is no. He's not directly referring to salvation, but he is testing us to embrace the salvation we have received by explaining that our good works is one of the ways we demonstrate our faith in God. For all you know, you are the answer to that prayer, to that person who needs food, who needs clothes. And your actions to demonstrate your faith in God also provides an example of faith in God to that other person. His example points out that if we have faith and believe that God will bless us for helping those in need, then he's also blatantly telling us that if we don't do and don't act out our faith, we don't have or our faith is dead. Continuing in verse 18, James continues and says, But someone will say, You have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by my deeds. You will believe there is one God, good. Even demons believe that and shudder. You foolish person, do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together, and his faith was made complete by what he did. All the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God, and it was created by, to him as righteousness. He was called God's friend. You see, a person is righteous by what they do and not by faith alone. In the same way, was not even Rahab the prostitute considered, righteous for what she did when she gave lodging to the spies and sent them off in a different direction. As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. Well, isn't that a mouthful? James not only calls us fools, but continues with downplaying our understanding of the scripture by telling us the difference between us and demons is that we act on our belief in God. Simply acknowledging God is not how faith works. It's applying our faith to our life is what matters. You will note that James, like many others, uses Abraham as an example, and this is most likely due to the initial audience. But it's also important to note that James is using Abraham and Rahab here to show that actions demonstrated and validated their faith. Further concluding that our faith is confirmed through our works. It's also important to clarify that now we're not talking or we're talking about works of faith and not works of the law. James concludes this section stating in 26 as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. cementing that idle faith is no faith at all. Now just hold on there. I thought receiving God's grace, you said that we didn't need to do anything to receive it and you are correct. Thank you for tuning in each week. Salvation is free and obtained through faith in Jesus Christ. James is simply pointing out that when you receive Christ in your heart, you will be transformed and want to apply your faith to your life. So what are the good works James is referring to? James is referring to the law of liberty as defined in Leviticus chapter 19 that reinforces and supports what Jesus tells us when he instructs us to love our neighbors as ourselves. Feel free to go back and check that out and start to see the parallels here. And depending on how long you've been walking with us, I reference that Jesus is the answer. And when we need clarification in scripture, turn to what he says on this topic. So go ahead and take a second, turn to John chapter 13, 35 for me. It states, by this all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Throughout his ministry, Jesus made it clear that the care for others was the mission and the mission for each of us. When you love someone, you're going to want to help them. You're going to be willing to get into the trenches with them and help bring them out. When you love someone, you're going to be willing to endure that trial through your faith. Are we starting to see the clarity here on this topic? If you need some more, let's let's go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter 7. and Starting in verse 21, Jesus states, Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. On Judgment Day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we have prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name and performed many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who broke God's laws. Jesus places emphasis on works for one another over the works of telling prophecy and other miracles. Jesus makes it clear that these actions do not mean you're a disciple of Christ. Jesus would expand on this in the coming judgment outlined in Revelation chapter 2. And he starts to put together our faith and our works, as well as that coming judgment for where we fall short. Now let's take another look at this to address the obvious. God hates it when we're not nice to one another. He hates it. And this is an issue humanity continues to struggle with today. As I recently studied the the book of Amos, I want to go ahead and point out that the beginning of this book is a hardcore message of God's judgment, and he communicates that God is fuming over how people are treating one another. But what chaps God's cheeks the most is that the people who knew better should have been acting better towards each other. You know better, I know better, and I knew better then. Which is why, recalling these stories to my children of times I was in trouble, I'm embarrassed and leave out my justifications. Why? Because I knew better, and my justifications for why I reacted to the others only serves my will and not God's. Instead, I now focus on the expectation of helping someone or the power of being nice to someone in hopes that my children do not follow my example. This this isn't to say that I'm no longer a jerk. There are plenty of people out there who know me that can attest this guy can be a real jerk and continue and support that I still have my moments. But not only am I building on another example that builds on last week's discussion, I'm also pointing out that we do not put our faith into work. We fail to communicate our faith at all. We're not asked to validate my actions or reactions God's perfect judgment will address that aspect for us All we need to do is accept Jesus in our hearts receive his sacrifice that frees us and embrace that trusting relationship with our Lord and Savior provides and apply the salvation to our or li- er, yeah salvation to our lives As we interact with others we have the ability to demonstrate that trusting in Jesus by the work we do for others Consider this, how do the apostles throughout the scripture define themselves in their letters? As servants of Christ. And a servant is defined as a person who performs duties for others. We're not expected to do anything that Jesus and his disciples did not do for each other. Your works towards your brothers and your sisters validate your faith and in turn have the opportunity to create a culture in Christ. James provides a straightforward reminder of the expectations of following Jesus. Even demons know God, but what makes us separate from those who speak is by our actions, by how we treat one another. So ask yourself, do we embrace each other or do we segregate? Do we ignore one another or do we engage one another? Do you allow your faith to show through your service or are you holding on to your salvation as if it's the last golden ticket? Do you use scripture to justify yourself? Do you use your social media to advertise to everyone that you read the Bible? Because let me remind you, our faith is not used as a means of creating a hierarchy. And if you need further clarification, feel free to check out our Armed and Dangerous episode months ago. We are called for action. So this week, as we continue to grow, I want you to pray for wisdom and put your faith into action. Seek direction on how you can best serve Jesus. And this week, your work isn't limited. Good deeds aren't limited to your church. Sure, it's great to help, and I'm sure your church needs help. But your good deeds aren't limited to just that environment. Your family needs good deeds. Your neighbor needs your good deeds. Your community needs you. So be on the lookout when you have that opportunity to put your faith to work. God is calling you to do good work. Will you answer?